Welcome to the Chicago Golf Report Podcast, brought to you by ChicagoGolfReport.com, covering everything golf in Chicago. Our guest this episode is Tim Clark from Chicago-based Wilson Golf. Tim has been the general manager of Wilson Golf since 2006, helping to reestablish the company as one of the top global brands in golf. To see the latest technology from Wilson Golf, visit their website at wilsongolf.com. I joined Wilson uh, back in uh, 1997. I uh, came in uh, from outside of the golf industry. I, I was uh, I was working back then in uh, sales and marketing and product management for uh, for Stone Smurfit, which is a Fortune 500 company uh, back in the day, and then. Uh, I uh, was hired, had an opportunity to join Wilson in the golf section as a national account manager back when they were going through some major restructuring. Uh, and I started out as a national account manager uh, for Wilson Golf back that was role and, role and responsibility and specifically focused on golf. And I had the sporting good chains. So I had back then with sports sticks, the guards, authority guards, all those guys, academy. I moved, in, I moved into the pro golf group. Uh, I ran uh, several different regions for the pro golf group, basically through about 2001, and then to to uh, director of U.S. golf sales, and then uh, moved from there to to, to uh, director of uh, sales and marketing for the golf division, and then uh, to uh, the president of the golf division. Or actually, it was the general manager of the golf division, and then to the president of the golf division here uh, about 18 months ago. So then, with such a uh, extensive background being with the company and having all these different experiences and positions, can you talk a little bit about uh, the, the business itself, about Wilson Golf, and about really what you know? It's it's such a unique story. It's such a history and a tradition. Can you give kind of like a little bit of a brief overview about the golf? Golf. Yeah, I think I think anytime you've been a you know a company that's uh, you know withstood the test of time in a very uh, very dynamic, very ever changing industry, it's, it's it's quite a story in general. We just uh, enjoyed our hundredth year celebration at Wilson Sporting Goods, and you know when I came into Wilson, it was actually kind of in a little bit of a turnaround mode back in '95, '96, seven there, and then uh, we had some world class products come out. You know, we had a great run under, you know, Wilson staff with the fat shaft and the staff titanium golf ball. Um, and then, unfortunately, through some leadership changes and probably some, some philosophy uh, changes at the top, which, which, you know, I was with the company was, I think that's one of the things I brought to the party is that I, I had seen the company on an exceptional path and I had seen a lot of the mistakes that were made that derailed it. And, you know, we've had a exciting you know, turnaround here in the last uh, five years have been nothing but growth and upside, especially focused on the U.S. market. Uh, you know, so that's kind of the golf side of it. From from the brand side, I mean, it's an iconic sports equipment company, and it's a world class brand. And I think you know that's that that really is the, the the testament of their years. Their years when you look at you know say competitors when you look back to the fact that you know McGregor used to be a major competitor of Wilson not only in golf space but in, in flights and other categories now they're you know basically owned by Golf Smith 
Uh, you can talk about Tommy Armour and Randolph, uh, both uh, based here in Chicago in their heydays back in the 1980s, uh, you know, uh, that, that are now house brands for Sports Authority. So, so you know, it's a dynamic business, and I, I think, the, you know, the thing that we've tried to strive or might, with, I, again, I, I have a wonderful team that's been with me through this process, but what we've really pushed on is the fact that, you, you know, this is a continuous improvement. And any time you think you get to a point that you can sit back on your laurels and, and everything will be fine, it just it doesn't work that way. And, and it's many any doubts about that, you just look at the wonderful brands that had uh, great presence in golf, you know, Ben Hogan, uh, Tommy Armour Ram, uh, the list is long, that are no longer in play. And so it's an honor and a privilege to be, you know, part of the great brand. And I think it's more uh, probably humbling to be the guy at the helm during the 100th year celebration. Now, in addition to the 100 years and the, the way the company has stood the test of time, I think one of the things that makes me proud as a Chicagoan and, and to have this Chicago, iconic Chicago golf company, you know, kind of representing us, uh, you know, bringing the Wilson brand and the Wilson staff brand, can you talk a little bit about the success of the, the players that you've represented over the years? I know that there's been so many iconic players that have been part of the Wilson brand, but you've also won an unprecedented amount of major championships. Can you talk a little bit about that, like the success that your players have enjoyed? Yeah, and I and I think, you know, I think when you think of when you think of uh when you think of of golf and if you're if you're a golfer and you're a passionate golfer and you're 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 over forty five years of age, I mean, you know, the iconic red and white staff bag. Uh, you know the Arnold Palmer wins. Uh, the, I had the, the the honor and the privilege of of, of meeting uh, uh, Joe uh, Joe Phillips, who was our tour representative for a number of years. That lived in Glen Ellen, was a member of Glen Oak Country Club. He passed away a few years ago, but he was legendary in the business. He's in the Illinois Hall Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, but I, but I you know it's interesting because I think the thing that Wilson has done so well, it's been it's been such an interesting, proper balance throughout time of world-class players that articulate not only what your brand's doing, but help you continue to get better. But it's also the ability to attract uh, talent in the building to work on the brand and, and to bring new, fresh ideas and, and, and look for, for ways to enhance the position. And it's the fact that, like I said, we're a, we're a Midwest brand that has truly stood the test of time in golf and, and obviously other sports. We're still, you know, we're climbing the mountain again in golf, which is so exciting. But on the other side of the, the, the coin is, you know, every other brand in the portfolio, you know, that I compete with in my own building is a number one or two player. If you look at tennis, the NFL game ball, the NCAA basketball, our baseball division with, you know, A2000. So so I'm in an elite class, which I think is what really helps Wilson as a company is that we have such great businesses and there is a very friendly competition. And trust me, you know, we're at a point now where we're starting to pass other guys in our performance and it's exciting for me, you know, and I think we just have that unique blend of kind of, kind of, I hate to say it, but kind of Erica, and we think that way, and it, it's really propelled the the success over the years. 
Now, I know that the, when the brand first started back in the day, and I think for a long time that the Wilson family was still involved. Is, is there still a Wilson family connection to the brand? Or yeah. They, if they no, yeah, the Thomas E. Wilson family is, 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 yeah, there is no family influence whatsoever anymore. Uh, I'm not even sure when that truly disconnected. Uh, I think it was kind of severed back when uh, the brand was sold to PepsiCo. It was part of PepsiCola, the company, and uh, that was when it kind of had, you know, not only a lot of changes, but it did go through a pretty rough period during that tenure. Okay, so then I want to follow up with, you know, you talked about this, this great history that the brand has had and all the surrounding, like you said, the, all the other companies, the, you know, the components of Wilson that are in the building. Um, how do you take, you know, and this is probably more of a marketing question for you, but how do you take the advantages of being such a uh, well-known brand and having this history and yet push it forward so that the cutting edge component of golf, you know, the, like you said, the continuous improvement, how do you balance the two? You know, like we're a great brand, but we're still getting better. I, I would imagine that has to be somewhat of a challenge, but maybe you can use the history as part of that. Yeah, and I, I, well, well, and I think first and foremost, I think, you know, again, I think it's affiliation of players and, and, and even to touch on, you know, one of the first things that, that when I got this opportunity, uh, which this is, I'll be starting my ninth year in running this overseeing this group for Wilson. Uh, my first move was to go out and, and reconnect with Illinois. You know, uh, you know, I, my general view is you, you need to win big in your backyard so you can start winning other places. And we had kind of lost our way a little bit in Illinois. And you know, to be able to go out and, and create a you know an, an advisory staff relationship with Mike Small, the head coach at University of Illinois, as a player, and and the play that he you know winning the you know his he is probably at the club level at the club professional level he probably will go down as one of the greatest players of all time, and you know to have that influence and to be able to pick up the phone and you know call him and send something down there for him to test. Uh, is an amazing thing to go out and get Kevin Streelman uh, and get him on our staff and, you know, connect with Kevin, a kid that grew up here in Wheaton. And so, so all of a sudden we started building our, 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 our local position. And, and then when you talk about the marketing side, the key is getting the, getting the influence, understanding the consumer, getting consumer-centric. And, and, you know, it's always pretty simple to say, well, you know, golfers normally, if you ask them what would they like to do, they'd like to hit golf balls farther and straighter, and they'd like their equipment to go farther and straighter. But what we really did is we dove into the details, and that's what we're going to continue to do. And that's been the big DNA change of our resurgence is, you know, we, we, we went out and we were like, okay, when you say you want a golf ball, Everyone can make a golf ball go long and straight, but what's the point of difference? And we started testing compression, and we had a leadership position in low compression. And we launched, you know, Staff Titanium, which was one of the most successful golf balls ever launched at Wilson. It was actually about 15, 15 compression points softer than anybody else's in the market. Then we came out with 50, which was the first golf ball at 50 compression. And through all the player insights, what we have discovered is that golfers want products on the golf ball side that feel better. And as long as you can maintain distance, and then we really broke this, broke, broke out with Duo, because Duo, we took it to 38, and we we're, we're 38 compression, and we have a new Duo coming out this year that's basically new and improved that's going to be sitting at 29. And 8 out of 10 players, fine play tested, prefer a softer golf ball. 
So, it, you know, so we were able to get Consumer Insight, put our engineers and R&D innovation team against that challenge of saying, okay, I need the softest golf ball possible, but it cannot go. It, it has to be as long as anything in the market. And, and that kind of was phase one. The second thing we did on the consumer side is as we started talking to consumers and looking at the games, consumers have a hard time articulating it as what they want. But, but when you start talking to enough of them, what there really is, there's basically three types of player types out there. And we identified that there's, a, there's the distance player, and we have a strategy that we've marked under F, C, and D. But we know there's a distance player out there, and, and if you talk to any good teacher, you know, they'll say the one thing that's very hard to teach is distance. So that's where we put all our efforts in the equipment to help it do as much as possible to help somebody with a lower swing speed or distance challenge hit it, you know, five, ten, seven yards further and over around the golf, that makes a big difference. The second thing we found is that in, in that D category is about 55% of the players in the marketplace. And then the other two segments we discovered was then you have kind of the, what we call the C player, or we call a crossover or control player. And that player has usually been a D player who is really committed to the game of golf and has started to get better. And now, you know, now because he's got buddies who are good players and play with smaller looking equipment, he wants to kind of fit in a little more. He still, he's got better skills. He wants to be able to control the ball, but he doesn't need it just to be, you know, I can hit it and it goes no matter where it goes. He wants to know when I hit it good and when I hit it bad. And that's where we developed our C line of equipment. And then, you know, we started the advisory staff. Uh, that's the, the reason there's advisory staffs in any sport is because of Wilson and Wilson Golf was first in the golf space to do it. You know, the F player, that is all about your low handicap. And so on the F player side, we call the F player, he's basically a field guy, usually wants to play a forge product. Maybe, you know, on a driver, he's looking for more workability than he is just being able to hit it all over the face and have it go. And so through that, you know, we've developed products to specifically bring solutions to each of these categories and actually help the consumer figure out exactly who they are in that category, but also help our golf professionals and our retail partners articulate what product that we make fits them, because a lot of people get confused out there in the equipment select. Uh, so, you know, this year we got the new D200, which is going to be a super big home run for us. We're excited about that. It's a game changer. Uh, it'll be the lightest driver technology in the market, but this thing goes like a rocket ship. And then we have the new dual ball at 29 compression points, and we have the new dual spin, which is for more of the C player that wants to control it a little more, and that's a new category entry for us. So we've got a lot of excitement going around the brand right now. So you kind of touched on this before as far as the uh, you're talking about how you, know, you wanted to get strength back in Illinois. Can you, can you touch a little bit on the advantages of being a Chicago-based company and, um, you know, the things that are positive in terms of, you know, you talked about Mike Small and him being just downstate, but are there other things that uh, you as Wilson Golf are able to take from having this connection with Chicago? Well, I think, yeah, first and foremost, you know, is I think, you know, we, we – you know, when you look at golf markets around the world, there is no doubt that Illinois, although unfortunately a pretty short season, much shorter than I would prefer, the golf and pent-up demand around golf and the quality of the golf courses in Illinois are second to none. Uh, so, so I think what we look at is this is a home base. Uh, we've been, you know, obviously we have test sites around 
you know, in Florida and in Tennessee because you have to have those things. But at the end of the day, this is an exceptionally passionate golf market. I think when you look at Illinois and you look at you look at uh, you look at the talent pool that you have to hire from, and you know, and uh, we've just made some recent hires. One uh, uh, from Illinois Wesleyan, uh, a graduate that's joined us in marketing. I mean, when you put uh, an, an opening out for golf, what's amazing is not only the quantity of people that apply because they live in Chicago and they're golf fanatics and they got great education and they're golfers at heart or they played college or elite level golf. So you have this talent pool that is second to none. And then the other thing is if you do want to go out and uh, find a specific fit for, for a position that maybe we don't have, the, you know, we may need to go compete with a competitive company to get that person. You know, there's nothing like the city of Chicago when people come in and we bring them in for a tour and we take them up to, you know, and, and the fact that we're based here and we, you know, we're, we're part of Major League Baseball and we take them down to a game at Wrigley. You know, it's, it's a pretty, you know, there's, a, there's certain things in life that are hard to sell, but I will say Chicago, Illinois is not one of them. So then my final question is a kind of a follow-up on that, and this is a personal question for you. You mentioned the fact that, you know, we're, we're so lucky. Even though the season's short, we have a plethora of wonderful, over 200 great golf courses in the area. Can you talk about some of the courses, uh, your favorite golf courses in the area? What do you like to uh, for you? You know, I, I, you know again, and I've, been a, I've had a very blessed life in this regard, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, I live out in the western suburbs myself, so you know, I've had the opportunity to play Chicago golf a number of times, and make no mistake, I, I think there's nothing kind of more historic, and, and I kind of bucket them into classes, you know, and I, I look at Chicago golf, and I look at Shore Acres as kind of these old iconic places that, that when you get there, you really feel like you're on some hollowed grounds, you know, maybe not Augusta feeling, but Augusta-esque feeling, uh, and then I look at just, you know, then I look at the opportunities to just go play some of the best golf courses in the world and you know whether you go play Butler National or you go play uh, Olympia Fields or you go play Conway Farms the list of the private sectors golf clubs in Chicago is second to none but the real thing that excites me about Chicago golf and I think it fits really Wilson because we're definitely more you know we're more of a middle America's brand is the fact that you have honestly some of the best public golf in the United States. And I say, if you want to, you know, if you want to go over to Cantini and Wheaton, I, I don't know if you can find a better, a better public experience, you know, if you get out there on a nice June day, or you want to go, you know, to Cog Hill and play Dubs Dread where the tour players have played. And, and so to me, it's the fact that, that the city has so much to offer. And on the golf side, you know, there is history and tradition at the very elite level. There is world-class courses that have held, obviously, U.S. Opens and other events. But if you want to go out and you want to test yourself, the options to go play a course that is as good as many of the private courses is available to you. And I think that's really unique because you don't get that when you get out to the East Coast. It's very hard to find very, very nice daily fee courses or, or city-owned courses. This has been the Chicago Golf Report podcast. Visit chicagogolfreport.com right now for exclusive discount offers, Chicago golf news, 
and in-depth event listing.